Uh, nine years ago uh, this month, 27-year-old Matthew Warren took his life. He's the son of uh, a very well-known pastor, Rick Warren, who leads Saddleback Church in Orange County, California. No one outside of uh, a few close friends and family uh, members uh, had any idea that Matthew struggled with a lifelong battle with mental illness. Rick and Kay Warren took 16 weeks, 16 weeks away from their church to grieve, to begin the process towards healing, to experience comfort and care from a few close friends, as well as the loving embrace of the God of all comfort. 16 weeks later, in July of 2013, Rick and Kate Warren came back to the church and they shared their story and, and what God had been teaching them through this incredible tragedy. The first Sunday back, Kay talked about the reality that despite having a bold, audacious faith, Matthew was never healed. That she knew that there was nothing else she could have personally done. That her love was not enough to overcome the brick wall of mental illness. Uh, Rick talked about the calling God had put on him and Kay to remove the stigma attached in churches to mental health. That, yeah, it's sometimes actually stronger in the church and to lead churches to become places of healing and hope. He told his church family that he and Kay decided that it was time to stop hiding the, uh, like they had been, the dark secret that mental health had been such a struggle for one of their kids, and they didn't want to bury or, or dismiss the truth, as so many do, uh, that, uh, that their son died by suicide. Warren went on to say that in this broken world, we are all mentally ill, all of us, that we all have our fears, worries, doubts, compulsions, and attractions, that none of us is immune to the pull of suicide. Again, that's all of us. You're included. The pain is not relieved by explanations and awesome sermons. Pain is relieved by the presence of God in your life. Yeah, no one God is a big deal. There is hope for all who struggle with issues of mental health. Warren thinks one of the reasons why the stigma around mental health is sometimes bigger in, in churches is because we believe that, that God heals, right? We believe that because Christ lives in us, everything in our hearts and our minds should be fixed. And, and that belief is good, but it's a bit distorted. Fact is, you know, in any other organ in your body, there's no shame or stigma if it breaks down, right? But if your brain doesn't work, why are we ashamed of that? Why should there be any stigma attached to that? It's just as much a part of your body as your heart or liver. Let me uh, lead you to uh, uh, yeah, a complicated theological passage of Scripture from the Apostle Paul that describes the messy reality that you and I live in. Paul writes, We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only the creation... But yeah, we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies, for in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Here's what Christians believe. Jesus purchased our wholeness through his death on the cross. That's physical wholeness, spiritual wholeness, and mental wholeness. Because of the cross, we can pray for healing. Because of the cross, we pray that the wholeness that Jesus purchased for us might be given to us today in advance of eternity when all will be made whole. 
The wholeness that Jesus purchased for us is here for us now, but it is not fully here. It will not be fully here until eternity. Theologians put it this way, here, but not yet. It's here, and and we get the taste of what Paul calls the first fruits of the Spirit, the first fruits of being saved. We, We get to taste a little bit of eternity today. But we will not experience total wholeness until Jesus returns. And so we, with with all of creation, we groan with hope, waiting patiently for Jesus to return. Healing is here, but not yet. Wholeness is here, but not yet. Perfect mental health is here, but not yet. And every time we pray the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're praying that more and more of the finished work of Jesus would come here, that we would experience more and more of heaven now. And friends, we can always seek more of the soothing presence of Jesus, whatever darkness we're facing or in the middle of. And then we know, come eternity, with a new heaven, a new earth, everything that is broken in this world will be made right, including our mental health. So we're going to go into a five-week series we're calling Alive and Well, and it's going to focus on how to find strength and wholeness for our minds in this broken world of ours where, where God's kingdom wholeness is here, but not yet. I'll be drawing on a wealth of material from Rick and Kay Warren and the staff team at Saddleback Church who have produced a ton of helpful stuff since 2013. I I, I don't know of a church that has done more to call a church worldwide to step up and bring the loving presence and power of Jesus to the issue of mental health. You might not always hear me refer to Warren or Saddleback over this next month or so, but I'm grabbing a lot of stuff from them for this series. And this is a series full of hope. That there are things that we can do to become better. There are things that we can do to experience a greater level of wholeness. There are principles and ideas that God has given us all throughout the Bible to help us move towards the wholeness that we all so yearn for. But let me be clear. We will never become completely whole this side of heaven, not a one of us. We can get better. We can move towards more and more wholeness. And at the same time, we do need to be open to medical help, therapy, and all the resources that our God has made available to help us in our mental journey. In a broken world, we use all the resources that God has made available to us. Friends, all truth is God's truth. But our ultimate source for truth is God's word, the pages of our Bible. And this series will focus on the truth of God's word around the issue of mental health and wholeness. And friends, there should be no shame, no stigmatization of this. Christians need to stop linking mental health with spiritual weaknesses. I mean, this is just not true. Again, let me be clear, this side of heaven, all disease, sickness, and pain is rooted living in a world broken by sin. We also believe that pain is relieved by the presence of God. I didn't say that pain always goes all away. I said pain is relieved in the presence of God. And yes, God can take pain totally away. And and so we pray, understanding that sometimes pain Uh, will remain and at the same time hanging on to the truth that God can heal and bring relief to our pain and often he does it's here but not yet with that kind of long theological introduction what 
What I want us to do today and next week is talk about how we can manage our minds and look at some biblical teaching around our minds. To do that, let me take you some, to some words of the Apostle Paul that I, I think may be among the most important words that Paul wrote. It's in the middle of his letter to the Romans. Paul says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Notice that Paul starts with the cross. That what he's, that's what he's talking about when he talks about God's mercy. And he follows up on God's mercy to us in Jesus with a call to surrender our lives fully to Jesus. Offer your body, your physical body, your mind, the totality of your being. Offer yourselves fully to Jesus. Friends, anything we're going to talk about over this next five weeks will have no lasting impact on your life if you don't choose to fully surrender your life to Jesus. Okay. Then, in that passage... Paul calls us to renew our mind, or a, another way of saying this is manage our minds and place our minds under the leadership and lordship of Jesus. The New Living Translation translates this way. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Let me give you a quick word about translations. Well, when I put a message together, I, I use various translations that I think help us best understand the, the concept that I'm working with. I, I use the New International Version the most. It's a solid, very reputable translation that is currently the most used in the English world. A, a great Bible for those of you who are newer to the Bible is the New Living Translation. It's a little easier to read. It, it tries to make the Bible more accessible to the average reader. There are a number of copies of the NLT on our bookshelves in the lobby, and this might be a good time for you to purchase and read. My recommendation, as always, is always to start in the New Testament, maybe in the Gospel of Luke, and read Luke's uh, story about the early church and Acts together, and, and then read the other Gospels. Uh, this is just a side note, as we do have a few NLTs available for sale. Okay, let me go back to Romans 12, 1 and 2, and, and a few comments that I've just made, and, and kind of make this statement that, is, that maybe is a, a key statement for us to hang on to this morning. Friends, I believe God is far more interested in changing your mind than changing your circumstances. Let me say that again. I think we need to understand this. God is far more interested in changing your mind than in changing your circumstances. I get it. We really want God to change our circumstances, right? And he can. We, we want him to take away all problems, all of the pain, all of the sorrow, all of the suffering, all of the sickness, all of the sadness, and often he does. When you come forward to prayer here or send a prayer, prayer request to our prayer team, it is usually a request to seek God to change the circumstance. Not so often is it a request that somebody says, hey, would you pray that God would change this about me or change me? No, it's usually about circumstances, and God knows all that circumstances stuff that makes life so rough is important stuff. He gets that. But the truth is, what's more important is what's happening in you. God is far more interested in changing your mind before he changes your circumstances. Friends, nothing really happens in your life 
until you get to the renewing of your mind, until you figure out how to manage your mind properly. No transformation takes place. No change in your life takes place until your thoughts begin to change. So what I want to do right now to get us all to understand why it is, uh, yeah, I just want to get us to understand why it's so important for us to manage our minds. Now sometimes you'll hear some of this kind of stuff in self-help courses or, or from motivational speakers, but what I'm talking about is far deeper and it is connected to your being willing to fully surrender your life, including your mind, to Jesus. I want to list several reasons why you need to carefully manage your thought life in order to have a healthy mind. I mean, most of you, like all of you, get that you need to eat proper food and exercise to have a, a healthy physical body, right? But you need to understand why looking after your mind is equally important, if not more important. So three reasons why looking after your mind is so important. Number one, because my thoughts control my life. You, you've heard this before, but it's true. Every single action you take starts with a thought, right? If you don't think it, you don't do it. This can be good and this can be bad. If it's a good thought, it, it can lead to a good thing. If it's a bad thought, it, it can lead to a bad thing. Nothing profound here except that most of you don't think about how your thoughts control your life. King Solomon writes in the book of Proverbs, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Some of you around here say, I hear this all the time, I just can't help what I think. Friends, that's not true. There are many things you can do to help shape your thoughts. What you listen to, who you listen to, who your friends are, what social media you follow, whether you go to church or not, whether you read your Bible or not, Remember, we do have some Bibles for sale on our bookshelves. Or you can download the Bible app from Life Church. It's awesome. But perhaps you don't realize how, how important a thought is. King Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, by the way, in that verse, Proverbs 4.23, we were talking about, he says, the power of your mind, the power of your thoughts, has tremendous ability to shape your life for the good or the bad. What do I mean? Well, if you accept a thought from when you were growing up, remember those things that got said to you. Someone said to you, you're worthless, you're, you're not good, you don't matter, you're ugly, you're uncoordinated. If you accept this as being true, even unconsciously, and mostly it happens unconsciously, then those words have shaped your life. And, and, and this just happens all the time. So part of your job of managing your mind as an adult is learning to put away those words that damage us rather than encourage us. A lot of what we teach in soul care that Adrian and Lucas do helps us deal with those not-so-helpful words that are a part of our growing up. And, and we all got those words in us, and, and, and we have to deal with them. Hey, I mean, a lot of us as kids, teens, young adults, we're taught things about ourselves that are just not true. And years later, uh, as you continue to grow, you're still acting on this false information. Paul in Romans is telling us, be transformed by changing the way you think. Start thinking the way God thinks because my thoughts control my life for the good or the bad. Let me go a little deeper and say I need to manage my mind because my mind is the battleground for sin. 
My mind is where I win or lose the battle for temptations that are destructive. And on a positive note, my mind is also the battleground for those disciplines that I want to have in my life that are for my good. But we, 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 we tend to see temptations, right, as something that's out there. The fact is, what's out there is only a temptation because of what's in here, in the mind. It's not because it's out there about to trip you out. It's because it's in here. All temptations exist in your mind. And that means any sin, any destructive behavior you choose, it all starts in the mind before it ever becomes an action. When we talk about the sin of pride or lust or bitterness or, or, or hatred or anger or fear or resentment or, or envy or worry, I mean, where are those things? They're in your mind. If you can learn how to manage your mind, you've learned how to manage your life. This is where the battleground is. The Apostle Paul, he, he also helps us to understand the reality of this war that goes on in our mind. And let me use the Living Bible to help us understand what Paul is saying here. He writes, I love to do God's will so far as my new nature, you know, filled with the Spirit is concerned. But there's something else deep within me, in my lower nature, that is at war with my mind and, and wins the fight and, and makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. In my mind, I want to be God's willing service, but instead, servant, but instead I find myself still enslaved to sin. You, you can identify with that, right? I, I think we all can. Um, we've all experienced this battle in, in our minds. It, it's one of the reasons that we get mentally tired. It's because that battle rages on in our mind. And for some of us, it's like, what, 24 hours, 24 hours a day, and it just keeps going and going? Yeah, there is a battle in and for your mind. It can be debilitating. It, it can get really intense. And yeah, the reason it gets so intense is because your mind is your greatest asset. And because it's your greatest asset, there are all these forces out there that want to shape your mind. The evil one is alive and well and wants to shape your mind. Our world, our culture, social media, news media, politics on the left and right want to shape your mind. This is why what you put into your mind is so critical. You have to watch what you feed your mind. This is why you need church every week and to get into, a Bible get into the Bible every day and, and maybe get into one of our small groups. You need this for a healthy mind. Towards the end of uh, his letter to the Philippians, the Apostle Paul says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, what, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Feed your mind these things. Why? Well, to quote Rick Warren, whatever gets your attention gets you. Make sense? So I need to control my mind because my thoughts control my life and because my, my mind is the battleground for sin and temptation. And then one more reason that we'll give for today. I need to manage my mind because it is the key to peace and happiness. The key to you experience peace and happiness comes from how you choose to manage your mind, what you allow into it, how you root out the lies that have entered into your mind how you filter the negative propaganda that our world and the evil one throws at you. 
When you do as Paul did in Romans 12, when you offer your bodies, including surrendering your mind to Jesus as a living sacrifice, when you choose not to conform to the pattern of this world, including Facebook, Twitter, or Getter, and for those of you who don't know what Getter is, it's just a right-wing version of Twitter, or, or the pattern of this world promoted by news media, some places of education, and on and on, but instead, you make the choice to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You choose to fill your mind with what is good and God's stuff. And this is the way to peace and happiness. And maybe instead of binge watching uh, uh, some TV show to numb your mind, you, you might actually binge on the Bible. Hey, it's not really rocket science uh, to figure out the that the astronomical increase in mental illness, depression, suicidal thinking, self-loathing that's found throughout our country and even more so in our teens and children is simply a product that our world, the values our world pushes at us as right and liberating that sometimes are just destructive and debilitating. But when you choose to surrender your mind to God, when you choose to surrender your mind to the values that God has laid out for us in his word, Values that get lifted up every Sunday in local churches across our country. As you begin to apply these biblical truths to your life, your peace of mind will go up dramatically, your sense of happiness and well-being will multiply, and friends, your life will flourish. And, and I, I challenge you, I, I can point you to uh, several academic studies that show that Christians tend to have a better sense of well-being, a, a better sense of happiness than people as a whole. Uh, I think it's because we act and think differently with the power of the Holy Spirit in us, but just look it up, uh, you know, uh, on Google. Uh, Pew and Forbes have done articles on this. Friends, this journey to well-being starts with a decision to surrender your mind to Jesus. And then you allow Jesus to speak truth to you and unroot the lies that come your way. Because an unmanaged mind leads to deep tension, gut tension. A surrendered mind leads to well-being. An unmanaged mind leads to pressure. A surrendered mind leads to peace. An unmanaged mind leads to conflict, to, to chaos. A surrendered mind leads to confidence. When you don't manage your mind and lay your mind at the feet of Jesus, you're, you're just letting your thoughts go all over the place. You, you let your thoughts get out of control and you make no attempt to direct your thoughts. And, and that just creates an enormous amount of stress in your life. But a managed mind that has been given over to Jesus leads to strength and security and serenity. Friends, there is no life like the Christian life when it is surrendered to God and full of his spirit. This is the way to the great life you so yearn for. The Apostle Paul puts it like this. I'll, I'll read it from two different versions. In the New International Version, the mind, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The Good News Bible more simply says to be controlled by human nature results in death. To be controlled by the spirit results in life and peace. So the road to strong mental health really involves a surrender of life, including your mind to Jesus. But sometimes before you can do that, you, you might need medical help to help you know, stabilize the chemicals that might be part of the problem. You, you might need a counselor or a therapist to help you work through some basic principles that will get you on this road to wholeness. 
We can help you find a good counselor, and there are lots of medical resources in our city and province. And I'll say it again. Friends, pain is relieved by the presence of God. A whole... uh, a healthy mind is totally dependent on having a good diet for your mind. Reading God's Word, getting to church, getting into a small group or one of the classes we're offering right now, these all help. And because pain is relieved by the presence of God, I encourage you to connect with our prayer team at the end of the service. Let them pray for you. Though. Let them pray inviting the presence of God to fill you in life-giving ways. And if you're watching online, just message us with your prayer request. Next week, we'll explore further this whole idea about how to manage our minds well. We'll we'll look at some really practical stuff to help us with this. So do come back next week and maybe invite a friend to come sit with you uh, for this kind of stuff. Because we all struggle, right? We all struggle with mental health. We all need this biblical truth. And you do have a choice in all of this. You can choose to surrender your mind to Jesus and ask Jesus to empower you to manage your mind well, or you can just try to do it on your own, but maybe today is the day when you will choose to surrender your life, and that includes your mind to Jesus. So let's just take a moment to pray. I'll pray first, and then I'll invite you to pray with me. Just take my words and kind of use them as a springboard for your own prayer, but let me pray. Father God, You have made our minds. We are made in your image. Our minds are the greatest gift you've ever given us. But God, we acknowledge they're also the greatest battleground. God, would you, out of an act of love and mercy, pour out your spirit among us today. We we choose to surrender our lives, our minds, fully and wholly to you. Now you pray something like this. Lord God, Thank you that you've purchased my wholeness by your death on the cross. Just start at the cross. Acknowledge what the cross has done. Thank you that that includes a healthy mind, that that includes strong mental health. I recognize that part of the way that I will get a strong, healthy mind is by surrendering my mind to you. So, Lord, I give you my mind. I give my life to you. I surrender to your life-giving Holy Spirit. Would you fill me? with your spirit and speak your words to me. I commit to putting in place those practices that will feed my mind healthy stuff like reading your word and faithfully getting out to church. And I ask for you to empower me to filter those things that are destructive to my mind. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.